pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 16 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. Gargato, you, you didn't have to say that anymore. We're just going to put Nick McArdle in because he sounded so much better than you. He does sound better than <sighs> if you. If only we had a more professional quality recording. You, then, oh, uh, more professional host? We, That's the then problem. We would. I mean, <laughs> Did you say you made more professional host? I left and you guys just couldn't get it together. Look, you know, I mean, anyway. But um, <laughs> continuing, uh, you can find uh, uh, the website, draftrugby.com. And get after us on the socials at Draft Rugby and support us on Patreon. Well, uh, yes, I am your host, Kagi. You keep um, saying that Patreon thing, but now our website has an inbuilt Patreon. Yeah, what do you want about? It that? was a prompt. I was basically te- it was a test. You know, I left you for a week. I've seen you've been keeping up to date, paying attention. Good, good to know you've passed. Mate, you, you Can are... you explain that to us very briefly? Yeah. No, I won't. Uh, we're going to continue on. But look, I'm back. Uh, I'd like to say a big thanks to Nick McArdle for keeping my seat warm uh, and for hosting the podcast last week um, in my absence. What a legend. Uh, no one kept his seat as warm as you, mate. That's, that's <laughs> very true. That's a good point. Um, but no, I'm sure he, um, as I said to him in a tweet, that um, dealing with Kernsey and Hoylesey and Mitchell and the like uh, is probably very easy compared to blasting a whole pod with Harry and Nelson. Look, so, he, he actually he definitely he had really? fun. He did, he agreed. No, he, he, he had fun, like we had fun for once. So I'm not sure how much fun he had with you guys. But, um, <laughs> yeah, this is going well. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, but look, I'm not sure. It, it, some have said that it was the highlight of Nick McArdle's career to date. Um, is that you? Some have said. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, look, I mean, if it's not that, my, my highlight of Nick McArdle's career to date was still that Subway commercial pulled out from <laughs> Andrew Swain on the Rugby HQ to stitch him up. Um, I kind of apologise that we didn't bring that up last week, actually. I, yeah. Well, look, as I, that's why I'm here, you know, to provide good content. But that's all right. Um, <laughs> look, uh, I, I will, when I do find that Subway commercial on YouTube, I will we'll put up a link. But um, I might have to get in contact with Swainy or something because it's, it's hard to find. So um, stay tuned for that. But yes, all right, the lads have already spoken a few times, but uh, I am joined once again by Harry and Nelson, so how are we doing, guys? It's uh, interesting times, uh, Super Rugby is has been cancelled, um, what are we doing? <coughs> Sorry, I'm pretty good. Is coronavirus uh, contagious through the mic, or, or what, mate? Because these are some pretty scary times. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't suck on the mic, like... Uh... But have you been... Nelson wants to be heard. ...trying something else? Or? Yeah. Mate, people are fearing unrealistically about things, is my main point. I think Nelson couldn't deal with the concept of isolation. Can you imagine Nelson having to be isolated for two weeks? I don't think he could do it. Should we put our, go crazy. Should we put our announcement up now that groups of 500 or more <laughs> should not be listening to our podcast together? <laughs> I, yeah. No, I mean, to be honest, it's irresponsible. Frankly, it's irresponsible we haven't done that so already. You know what I mean? Like, um, there, there have been a lot of professional posts by just any company anywhere. Yeah. What are they? No matter how shit the company is, what are the proportions we're taking? What are the proportions? We're together, and uh, that's pretty much it. We're drinking wine. Wine kills the virus, right? That's um, no, that's yeah, alcohol. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a um, the alcohol. They say you got to have Look, strong alcohol. The only people who were actually happy about that five hundred or more um, group announcement by the Australian Tars. government was actually New South Wales rugby because that's that's the Waratahs um, max real limit for. A, did you come up with that attendance? So. Um, yeah, I did. Yeah, well, I've um, said a few times on social media. Okay, that's sure. right. All right. Anyway, uh, can I just say before we get on to the uh, breakdown of the podcast, what you skimmed <laughs> over before, we have moved on from Patreon, 
our, our site website engineer Hugh, the gun that he is, has basically created Patreon on our website. No, but better. He has. So there's a number of subscription options on our website now um, for all of the stats that we're going to continue getting through the Super Rugby season that's still going. Which but we may have a Super Rugby season. But it's not. But either way, uh, I mean, obviously we all hope Super Rugby comes back. But either way, um, no, it's just another step of implementing and building out our platform. But yes, we do have an inbuilt like Patreon function. So you don't have to sign up for a subscription, a season pass or a subscription. You can just sign up to become a patron to back us and to allow us to continue building out the mm. fantasy rugby platform of everyone's dreams. Yeah, and um, look, I mean, we, we've been uh, fiddling with things like T-shirts, air fresheners, things like that that are looking pretty good. So, um, and, and a championship ring as well for fantasy footy. So if exciting. there's things like that that you guys would actually be interested in, we will definitely give it a crack. Mm. Yep. So if, if there's something you'd be willing to buy, you want to see anything like that, let us know, and, and we'll do our best to... To make that happen because we will have some extra time that's it look nelson's our design guru so if you've got any uh design ideas send them through to him he loves coming up with new pictures i mean i've legit made like air fresheners of players so if you guys think that's a cool idea and would buy it they look good look even so, harry, my boy harry and i yeah, harry and i will attest that nelson has become very good at photoshop and all these skills i yeah. mean if you've seen him he obviously had to because he has to, had to edit all his photos for a long time now. But yeah, check um, his check his Facebook. He's got hair on there. That's, <laughs> that's a testament to how good he is. Yeah, no, I've got hats on. <laughs> I just put hats on every photo. How good! And look, just we'll have a quick summary before we get into tonight's pod on um, how did we go in fantasy this week? Um, oh yeah, who wants to? I won. We we had to invoke the terrorism clause that we brought in oh. pre-season. It, it's not only for terrorism. Yeah, I'm not sure so, we should specifically. Uh, let's, let's not delve into how I got named. <laughs> yeah. We have a clause that if a game has been cancelled, we say everyone gets zero. It's kind just of... luck of the draw. You don't get averages because people have played different amounts of games, different mm. minutes. You simply get zero. It's like the game was canned. There's no stats, so you get no. All points. the players were pre were pulled pre-game. Yeah, sadly, I don't like it as much this year as I did last year. <laughs> it didn't work for you. Yeah, I know. And I just would like to take this moment to point out that last year that I suggested this was the fairest way to do it and got outvoted, and and we ended up going with a really silly way of taking everyone's season averages. Yeah, because it um, suited me and Harry more. Exactly. Yeah, that's not like, like suited me last year too. But anyway, no, Harry. On that, why didn't it suit you this week? Because he loves. Uh, I went down, man. I'm still. Am I still sitting in second? Yeah, yeah I'm still I sitting in you second. Are. But you're more in second with two others. Doesn't bother me. Sitting in second overall on the table, but did go down to Kargi. So that's one win, one loss for all of us in the podcast matchups this year. Which yeah, we we're drawn up. Absolutely terrified about the season ending there. You know, I mean, that's. Yeah, we're not used how, to Nelson being this high. Equal last. <laughs> yeah, it's normally neighbouring this high, yeah. How can we live with ourselves? I don't know. But. Um, <laughs> Anyway, that's enough on that. So let's get into tonight's pod. We're hoping for a shorter pod tonight. Uh, based on how it's going so far, maybe that won't happen. But um, uh, no, anyway, so for tonight's pod for Entree, obviously we're going to review Super Rugby 2020 Round 7, the games that were played. Obviously one was called off. Um, and for main course, we're going to briefly discuss uh, what, what, what are the plans now? What are we going to do with all this newfound spare time? Apart from um, not, ha- not being able to watch seven games of Super Rugby a week, Nelson's club, all club rugby has been called off, so Nelson's just uh, claimed back a few nights a week. and We can't Saturdays. even train, man. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, anyway, we'll get into, you know, what we're going to do um, for the, I guess, in, in, in the weeks to come. Yep. Um, and then for dessert, 
uh, just real quick, listener questions. No, I think you typed for desert. For desert? <laughs> yeah. For desert. Um, in the desert uh, is where Harry's going to end up in isolation um, when he's infected with coronavirus. Uh, no, okay, those jokes are not funny, people. Um, a little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, all right. For dessert, listener questions and um, our favourite moment of the 2020 season, if, if that's to be the season. So, um, yes. Harry right. and I have a, a similar moment, um, and uh, I'm not a fan. It might, it might have to do with Nelson. But anyway, let's crack on. All right. For entree, round six, <laughs> no, round seven. Yep. Almost had, almost got me. That was good. We updated the notes here. Uh, the buy was. The Rebels? It was actually the Rebels good. I'm just checking if we have updated stuff. Uh, and the first game. Harry, why don't you take us through the first game? I would love to. Thank you, Huggy. You're a gem. Chiefs versus the Hurricanes. Chiefs at home. Obviously one of the big favourites for the competition. So surely the Chiefs won, right? No. No, they didn't. Okay. They did not. There you go. 24 to 27 to the Hurricanes. Three tries apiece. So obviously the difference came down to a solitary goal kick. In this one, you had Damian McKenzie coming back from a rest, so he had a two-week break between his bye and his rest week. And Atu Moli came back from his illness as well that he missed the week before, but he came back via the bench. No new injuries in this one, which was good to see, um, but uh, that was about it in terms of the injury front coming and going. Mm-hmm. Uncharacteristically in this one, the, the Chiefs are still rattled. and I say uncharacteristic, but it has been evident in their play a little bit through the season. It happened against the Brumbies as well and in patches in different games through the season already. We've seen a little bit of this. It mm. seems like when the pressure does come on, they do start to lose their way. They lose their plan a little bit and they do start to turn over a lot of ball. Yeah, now thinking about it, I think this did actually happen last year as well. Do you remember early on the Chiefs had a, a bit of a slip up, particularly when they lost Damien McKenzie and they had a few weeks where they are playing pretty terribly and they felt like all their fans abandoned them and then they came back True. for the second half and I were think, absolutely killing it. I think they were in South Africa then though, to be fair. When that happened? Yeah. Oh, okay, right. But, um, no, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's, it's more characteristic this season. So, Peter Gassoakula, I've been a big fan of his for a while, and I've been hoping that he gets a lot of game time, but he turned over at least three easy he passes. Just, he simply just dropped the ball cold. Like, mm. it was pretty terrible. And as we've mentioned many times before, he was a professional basketballer before he uh, played rugby, so I don't know why he's... He's, he's in, the, in the bread basket three times, just dropped it. Cold. Yeah, pretty disappointing. Mm. Um, blam, blam! Thank you. Had a great game. Very good on defence and attack. Kagi, tell us your highlight, mate. You know what? I, even though we agree on our favourite moment of the season, I might almost change mine to trading the world to get Blam back. That's not what um, we're talking about but, here, mate. That's but no, what... highlight of it. Um, <laughs> no, no. Leave that for later, man. <laughs> yeah, all right, sorry. Um, highlight was... Uh, defence. Sure. Have you ever had a Blam defensive highlight? No, this is the first time. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. All right. Well, he, he normally they chip over him and he takes so long to turn around, <laughs> <laughs> or something like well, that, that, right? That's exactly what that pretty much happened. So there was uh, the Hurricanes on attack, uh, a drop ball. Stevenson picks it up on about his tw- Chiefs twenty meter line, starts sprinting the field for the corner, and Ben Lamb turns around, doesn't even like face Stevenson, just faces the goalpost, puts his head down, starts sprinting because he knows that he's not. He doesn't have the acceleration of Stevenson but he knows that he's going to be much faster at top speed. So he's just got to get into fifth gear. And then just so calm and composed, uh, he just kind of ushers him across the sideline while Stevenson's trying to like 
I don't, I don't know, slap away at him and fend him off. But um, and disappointing the image that comes out of that is the, the <laughs> yeah. palm in his face and, as well. Exactly. Then the chief, how good is that? Photo the the chief's put up a photo of uh, Stevenson palming off him in the, in the face, like yeah, but he did take you out, mate, yeah. and stopped the try. But yeah. so this this one went ten to fourteen. Hurricanes up mm. at half time. Mm. Uh, on the defense front, Vince Arso also excellent. It was one moment he was on the floor. Shawnee <clears> Stevenson <throat> makes a break. He got up off the floor. Chased the play down and then managed to stop DMAC in a last ditch effort tackle mm. from scoring a try. And it was those big plays which I think cost the, cost the Chiefs the game or, or won the game for the Hurricanes, right? Yeah, apart from that, he just made a lot of big tackles. Obviously, 13 is a very important defensive position. But um, he made a few tackles where you were like, oh, is that Lamarpe? Because he really mm. came in and thumped them. Like, yeah. he, was, he was pretty solid. Yeah, he uh, he's definitely growing into that outside centre jersey, that's for sure. Mm. Um, look, TJ Perinari's yellow card was an interesting one as well. You've just never seen him argue less. It was the first time ever he's gone, only a yellow card? Yeah, I'll take that. Yes, sir. No problem. I'll go take my 10 minutes in the bin because he took someone's head off, yeah. Stevenson's head off, mm-hmm. when he was clearly, clearly in the wrong. It's not the only card that should have been read this week, but yeah. The, the Chiefs look pretty rudderless. They, they looked rattled as they have in parts, as I touched on before. Their decision-making wasn't great. But really, I think it's the Hurricanes' defence that earned them this win, and, they, and it was a very deserved win. Mm. And it was just all topped off by the Chiefs, the Hurricanes sorry, playing 35-odd phases at the yeah. very end of the game before Geordie Barrett kicked a huge kick. Mate, when's the last time you've seen again. 35 phases? Like after that the 80th minute. The one thing I would say is watching those 35 phases... <laughs> It was the least creative 35 phases. Oh, it phases. felt like 35 oh, they, yeah. they literally didn't, they didn't make a meter. It was <laughs> one pass. It was yeah. just one pass hit. And other you, way hit. And, and you thought Jordy was going to go for the drop well. He was, they were just like, nah, look, we'll get the penalty. We're just going to stay that's, that's what it is, right? Yeah. They're not trying to progress forward. No. All they're going is if we can secure didn't our ball, ball. Yeah. a mistake will come from them and we'll get a penalty. Well, there was a huge turnover where the Hurricanes had, had all the momentum earlier in the game in that second half and Lachlan Beauchere just just mm. took a uh, penalty from uh, getting over the ball How as well. How good is so he at that? He's a freak. Oh, he's uh, freak. unbelievable, yeah. But, but I mean, that's obviously why they've just gone, uh, bugger, we're playing windscreen wipers, one left, one right, stay near our forward pack, don't give anyone an opportunity mm. and eventually they'll do something wrong, which they did. It just took a long, long time. <laughs> yeah. No, it was incredible. Stats on this one. Um, the Hurricanes had more possession, 57%, and territory, 59%. 72% of the territory in the second half. So this is basically controlled the position of the game the entire way through. Um, 410 to 370 run meters, so not a huge running game in the scheme of things, but the Chiefs had the edge there. 24 tackle bust to 19. Hurricanes leading that one. And 11 line breaks to 6 for the Hurricanes as well. And the Chiefs, as we said, they're handling a real problem. 11 turnovers to the 5 from the Hurricanes. Hurricanes lost a couple of lineouts. Both teams considered 10 penalties, so it was a bit of a stop-start game in that respect. Mm. The fantasy man of the match was Damian McKenzie with 60 points. He had 14 carries. Love seeing him involved that much <laughs> as a DMAC owner. He's carried me to many a championship. Oh, yeah. 2020 will be no different. Two line breaks, eight tackle busts, 90-plus run meters as well, which basically means 91 run meters. Is that right, Cags? Did you type this one? Okay. I didn't actually. 90-plus. 90, 90 90, so 91. And Geordie Barrett, 57 points as well. Notable performance from him, including that game-winning kick. It, we've written 90-plus because he gets nine points. Right. Gotcha. That makes sense. I like yeah. it. Very good. All right, well, that takes us on. So that was the only game on Friday night and on Saturday, the afternoon fixture in Auckland. We had the Blues defeating the Lions 43-10, to five tries to one. Uh, the Lions not having a particularly successful season uh, or tour for that matter. So is that have they lost all four games on tour? Oh, yeah. All four. Uh, they've only played three. 
Okay. Who did they play? Rebels. I think they got Hurricanes in the right. week that doesn't exist. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, hasn't hasn't been very successful today. I was wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> They've played all four. <laughs> but oh. yes, they definitely lost all of them. They lost to the team. Rebels, the Blues. They also lost to the Waratahs. That's right. Isn't that the end? That's yeah, it. and then that's they're the, at home. Is that the only Tars win? I think that's the only Tars win. I'm over the... We should probably know that, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. Cool. Anyway, um, as I said, five tries to one. Uh, no real big names returning or injuries. So Big Carl Tuunquafe tu- was pulled. Tuunquafe? Tuun... Yeah. <laughs> nice. Tu- now, so you, you feel it in the name, mate. All right. Um, Big Carl was pulled pre-game and um, Ezekiel Lindemuth um, filled in for him. So um, not sure what was wrong with Big Carl, but um, hope he's well and hope that Mo stays majestic. Um, Can confirm though the Lions were meant to play the Highlanders, but it's already been wiped off Ultimate Rugby, hence the confusion. Very good. Sounds like an excuse to me. But um, all right, this game, the Blues, I mean, look, the Blues have been getting better and better. They've been showing those signs of their attacking prowess. They do just have weapons across the park. And the Lions, uh, I know Harry says that I don't, uh, I shouldn't always say this, but they're a defense optional team. They just are. No, I agree. So, when did I say that? I don't know. You put those together, and that's how we get this result. Rico Yuani, two tries. How good. Uh, he's just one of those players where he gets the ball, it's actually nowhere close to the line yet, and there's still two players in front of him. But you can just tell it looks like there's enough space. Like you just back, like he's scoring a try, you just back him. At that point, I am still not completely convinced by him at outside center. But I got to say, I saw a post with his stats mm. since playing outside center in the last few games, and they were very, very impressive. He's doing his very best to prove me wrong. You're doing your very best to find those stats now. Yeah, Sounds trying. Like it was good. It was nice. You're pulling, drawing out that sentence as long very, as you could. Very, very. And I'm just going to keep drawing best. attention to you. No, uh, <laughs> no. Well, I'll call and you can interrupt me when you find it. Um, but look, uh, so two-two Hoskins. Backfiring. So after a week of Akira starting, which um, for Akira owners that had held him forever like me uh, still haven't lost the faith. Um, so Tutu had an absolute blinder. He, he said, nope, this is my jersey. Um, I, I want this. And he stepped right up. I think he, he was the fantasy man of the match with 94 points. Um, yeah, I mean, what he had. A try, 15 carries, four line breaks, five tackle busts, 100 plus metres, Harry. Uh, and, good. and seven tackles he's just into everything yeah. um, and I'm, the way I feel mm. about it and this is very biased as an Akira owner but it's um, mm. porque no los dos like why can't we just mm. have both um, we can't Akira in its Hoskins is really tall mate put it and in better. six Akira at eight yeah he's also better but would you rather have Papa Lee Blake Gibson yes than having Akira I'd rather have a rounded back row and you'd bring on Akira at the back end of the game to add some energy because he's fighting for that position I guess that's how we differ I'd rather just have three so two twos or three Akiras yeah well you'd lose I don't think he would you would I don't think he would yeah you're a prop true so Um, he's you got the stats now? No, no, I oh. don't have it. Wow. Disappointed, sorry. You just thought, like a psych. It was 2019, I forgot what year we're in. It's like you guys have forgotten we're recording a podcast, but that's Are we? good. Um, so anyway, uh, other other points to talk about in this one. Um, so as we said, Lions defence optional. Yellow card in the 38th minute to Ruan Vermark um, for, and it was penalty try. So he <clears> tapped the ball down, um, like he basically knocked down a pass, which was probably a certain try like they were spreading it out wide they had numbers probably a certain try okay well I guess it had to be <laughs> definitively <Yeah>. not definitively <laughs> <laughs> God, we're doing well um, yeah There's so uh, anyway that just meant that they started the second half with a, a man in the bin and the Blues just absolutely came out on a roll 
Mark Talaya, how good is he? Pretty, um, pretty good. Yeah. He's probably the biggest surprise packet of the season for me. 100%. I can honestly not. say I expected nothing from him. <laughs> I thought he'd be there for a couple of weeks and then Talaya would come in and take over him and he'd be. Catch you know, but I, and obviously Talia is still injured, but I don't think Talia would take his jersey. He wouldn't. He's out for the season. Just, sure. just to be but clear, no, no, if just, he wasn't injured, yeah, yeah, I agree. Just to be clear as well, because to everyone listening that might not know that there's two Talayas, it sounds like Talia you're talking Talia. about the same bloke. So there's a Tanyelu Talia, who yeah. is the so younger slash wing that played all yeah. last year, yeah. who we all thought would come in and we were all holding out for. But no, Mark Talia, absolutely incredible. He had Talia. Mark Talia, thank you. I, I think. Did I just? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just. I just really rounded out. Confusing you just. It. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, anyway, no. He honestly must be covered in spiders or something. He had thirteen tackle busts from twelve carries. That's more. It's more than a tackle buster run. Yeah. It's like he's guaranteed to bust something. You know. That's that's pretty impressive. It's insane. But anyway, um. So now those were the uh, the exciting things from the game. Harry, have you got these stats now or not? No, no, I couldn't find it. I I made made it up in my own head, but it was impressive. Um, All right, match match stats from this one. Um, Yeah, the the Lions actually had uh, a little... Wait. Yeah, the Lions actually had a little bit more um, possession, interestingly. Um, 57% and a bit more territory, 59%. But um, the Blues certainly smashed them in terms of metres. 494 metres to 195. Wow. That's 300-odd more metres with 11 less carries. But don't even worry about that. 195 run metres. What the hell are the Lions that's doing with all that one, possession? Yeah. That's like slightly better than a really good player. <laughs> that's very. That's much less than that 10 metres per... Oh, wait, hold on. That's, is that a metre a run? How many yeah. runs it? It's like two metres a run. How many runs? It's it literally 117 carries oh for 195 minutes. <laughs> less than two. Oh, yeah. I didn't actually though. realize that until just then. Okay. It's atrocious. Uh, and the other stat that really I quick mean, math. They almost had three, three times the tackle bus. <laughs> just quit while we're on that. The Lions have been terrible because their defense sucks. Now their attack sucks too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Similani's gone as well. Um, so they're just running out of stock. To be frank, um, I agree. Tackle bus almost three times, thirty-four to twelve. Line breaks seventeen to two. That's almost eight Jeez. times for line breaks. Um, offloads eleven to three. Seven plus. Times. Yep. Thank you. Uh, very good. <laughs> and then um, turnovers, heaps of turnovers in this one. Sixteen to the Blues, fifteen to the Lions. Um, fairly even penalty count. The Lions got smashed in the lineouts, but they did take one of the Blues scrum. So, fantasy points in this one. As I said, so 2-2, fantasy man of the match, 94 points. Talaya, 84 points. Sam Knox, 62 points. I'm a big fan of Sam Knox. I love the mullet. Um, Gerard Cowley, Tuioti, 56 points in his... Tuioti? Yeah, his first, first start. His first game back, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, no, not first game back, first start. He came off the bench the week before. That's it. So he was in for Patrick Tuipolotu, captain yeah. who was rested. And Ricky Iwani, 53 points. And we do expect, or I expect, you can tell me if you do as well, Gerard Kelly to to be the favourites in a pairing with Patrick Tupelo too when the comp starts up again. I agree, absolutely. No uh, no award for anyone that picked that there would be no Lions players in there with those total team run matters. True. <laughs> yep, no, that's... Um... <laughs> Yeah, that's probably fair. Yeah. Um, so the next game was the Sun Wolves, very much the Sun Wolves because they suck. Yeah. Versing the Crusaders. Home game for the Sun Wolves. Home game, the second home game for the Sun Wolves in Australia. Just for everyone, they are in the Australian Conference, but they are not from no. Australia. You cannot group them in with us, even though they're better than some of our teams. The Sun Wolves are doing that well that they're now curtain raising for the Australian teams. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> Look, they went down 14 to 49. So 
they've both got fours, different spots in their scores. Shout out to Nick McArdle as well. We discussed we discussed the margin on this one. I said forty two points. You said fifty three points. I think so. And McArdle went fifty. So happy to take that win. Closest. Uh, oh, here I thought you were giving McArdle a shout out, but no, you were just claim, <laughs> claiming your own victory. All right, a, I was hoping yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't draw attention yeah. to this. No, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I, I think one thing to come out of this before I, we delve into the game too much is. I'm sad to say it that this could be the last Sunwolves game we see. This could be the last involvement we see of Rich Freeman in yeah. Super Rugby. And, it's I mean, he's he's been great to us yeah. over the time. He's been great to everyone that great follows to Super, Super Rugby. rugby. Yeah. And, look, I, I mean, I'm sure he doesn't listen, but thanks for everything you've done, Rich. Um, it, it's going to be sad to see you go. And hopefully we do get to see the Sunwolves yeah, definitely play a little bit more. Um, it, it's, it's pretty terrible. Mm. Um, look, yeah, so... Returning in the returns column, we had Fetu Douglas after his fractured hand. I think it was four weeks minimum out. Was it four weeks? Almost a month. Um, Havili returned after his... He did not return after his bowel infection. I don't know who put that in there. Um, but he was not available. And injuries, we had uh, Tom Christie. He hurt his hamstring. That is correct. I don't know how severe his hammy injury was. He did. They actually had. Uh, we'll, we'll get. You'll get to it later on the notes. But they had a lot of back rowers get injured because um, that meant a, uh, the reserve hooker came on and played. Yes, we, we will get into that. Thank yes, you. I'm just um, stealing your thunder. You know? You're good at this. Um, so look, yeah, the second second game for the Sunwolves to be still on tour rather than being at home. We know they're different on tour. There was no game that showed that more so than this. But look, they gave it a fair shake, and they really did give this a crack. Um, early on in the game, they, they stayed in it, probably more so from a lack, maybe, of execution from the Crusaders. In the first half, the Crusaders dominated possession. They dominated territory, but they only managed to go in at halftime, leading 7-14 to 14 against the Sunwolves. The Sunwolves do stick with a lot of teams until halftime. They do. This game... I mean, they were one try away, and they ended up getting flogged by five tries. Well, there's a possibility that they are serving Saki at halftime in the change rooms. I, I think like their that's... water bottles legitimately could be filled. Maybe the Crusaders had the Saki before the game, and then the Sunwolves had it at halftime. Because the Crusaders <laughs> it had a off. fairly bloody slow first <clears throat> half. No, yeah, look, they had all the ball. They just didn't seem to convert it. Mm. it. It was interesting as well. Bryn Hall, he led the team for the first side uh, for first the first side. time. Yeah. He led yeah. the Crusaders' side. Well done. Um, something that Kagi alluded to after Tom Christie's injury, we brought, or they brought, I mean, I'm going to say we, brought Hugh Roach into the side for them. Um, Hugh Roach is a hooker, but he's very much in a mould of a, that sort of flanker-style hooker. He was on the bench as a hooker, but he did come on for them. Um, Fetu Douglas, I'm pretty sure, came so. off the bench as well. So when he when uh, Hugh Roach came on, he went on to flanker. Mm. You could even see the breakdown, him uh, having a bit of a chat with schoolmate uh, Mikey Alatoa. Both went to Newington together. Mikey was trying to show him how to great bind. School. Great school. Yeah, great school. Uh, I played with both of them. Played in the um, together. They, they did. He was, he, was yeah. he did. Um, but he was trying to teach him how to bind to the side of the to the scrum and how to hold on to him. I thought I, that was a pretty funny. I moment actually to thought see. Hugh Roach, his game reflected more of a famous second rower, uh, Thomas Lavanini. <laughs> <laughs> Typical of, yeah, a bit rough. But look, I, I said we put Hugh Roach into the side because 
Australia must have sent them over there to sabotage the Kiwis. It's our attempt, our best. Attempt. We tried, we tried. Last year we sent Debrasini over there to come back and be better. This year we sent Hugh Roach over there to try and make them lose. Yeah, none from two. <laughs> yeah, bummer. But look, he actually had an involvement where he helped set up a try. Um, good backing up. Good little offload. Take off your Australian coloured glasses and tell us what you're getting at. No, he, he had a good involvement <laughs> in a try, and then he got red carded <laughs> for elbowing a player to the face. And yeah, look, they slow mode it and made it look a whole lot worse. But yeah, I mean, there, there wasn't a lot of force in it, mm. but in slow mo, everything looks worse, so it was red carded. And all I remember it was stupid. is that for the Crusaders, this is. The first red card since yes. a player's name that I actually can't remember. It was so, like ninety four. Sorry, I don't remember the player's name, but I also it don't remember be the player. It was that yeah. long ago. Yeah. It was like early nineties, like the, one of the like early seasons, first seasons. Yeah. Um, but it was ridiculous yeah. who it was. I remember listening to it. Yeah. But yeah, look, Reese. Then uh, Sever Reese got a yellow card two minutes later for a uh, purpose knockdown. Yeah, thank I, God. Did not enjoy that. I can confirm. It did not help the Sun Wolves. No. They still sucked. <laughs> they conceded fourteen points while the the they uh, the was Crusaders one had thirteen on. No, 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 thirteen not, on. No, no, they only scored zero points when they were thirteen men on, but they scored two tries when they were fourteen men right. on. When uh, um, Seven Reese came back on. Oh, two well, two things. Out. Two things. How good's Garth April from fly half? Like. Jeez, he just continually, continually also yeah, scores or, good tries. Also or, yeah, great. That, try, yeah. Great. That was another point I was going to make. Oh, good. Um, what was your second thing? The second thing I can't remember. It's almost like we got to do your job for you, man. We just right, get to these points. Yeah, know. look. So, Rudy... oh, Sianni Havili. When are you going to mention Sianni Havili? <laughs> Rudy Page, you almost got me. And Garth April. They were the actual excitement packets, I think, for the Sunwolves. They they offered a lot in this game once again. Um, they were probably the only two on the paddock for them that had more good involvements than bad involvements for the Sunwolves. Um, I think Jacobson had a few good involvements, but also a few mistakes. Ben Teo came off at, at halftime. I'm not sure if it was an injury either. But look, there was a weird aura about this game as well. I think he just wanted to have beers with his mates in the second half. Probably. probably. Yeah. There was a weird aura in this game because they just announced the 14-day isolation period. So all the um, commentators were talking about it. The pre-match was about it. And then after the match, there were like... Razor Robinson was going, look, our, our priority is to get home to New Zealand. Like, everyone was sitting there going, this is, this is big news for us. That was Do you reckon the, uh, some of the defenders were trying to get into the isolation period early? And <laughs> avoid tackling... The Sun Wolves said, look, we'll stay in Australia. I don't know why. The Lions have seen it coming for the whole season, you know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> avoid contact at all. I, I did see something from, uh, I think it was Batuta Advocate, Said something along the lines of rugby Australia, no New South Wales, uh, Gladys Berejiklian and uh, Premier now praised for early uh, action <laughs> by crueling all live events yeah. in New South Wales five years before the emergence <laughs> of coronavirus. Yeah, um, brilliant. I don't know if you guys have kept up with the NRL at all. They're just playing on. Just go fuck it. But the obviously the one issue about that is the Warriors. <laughs> From New Zealand, so they can't play home games over there. Yeah, so I don't know what's going on there. What the, what the NRL is saying is they will now let you basically loan players from other teams just to make up your team. So what? basically all the shit guys from other clubs. This is the Sunwolves. They're literally copying what the Sunwolves are doing. 
It'll, so the warriors are going home. It'll, <laughs> no, it'll, some it'll of the sumbles will go home. They're going, you can go home if you want. Sorry. First of all, we've talked <laughs> about the NRL for far too long. Yeah, yeah, that's on. That's that's that will be cancelled as well. Yeah, yeah, the NRL sucks. Um, <laughs> just to sum it up, they're also bad people. Can we, can can we go into that? I think I'm pretty sure you're meant to talk about this game of rugby. All right, so match stats. Basically, Crusaders, everything. 18 to 47 tackle busts, 4 to 24 line breaks. 8 to 16 offloads. Basically, the sum will suck. So, if we get to the fantasy man of the match, Braden Enhall got 88 points, 12 carries for four line breaks, six tackle busts. He got over 80 meters. He had a try assist, a try, also seven tackles. Lester Fanganuku got 85 points. George Bridge got 80. Sioni Havili, I'm pretty sure it was his debut off the starting side, got 74. Um, Severis got 62. Uh, Brody McAllister got 60 and Garth April the only lone Sunwolf got 52 points yeah, I'm, I'm glad I picked up Brody McAllister I swear he did nothing I was going to I, I swear he did nothing the whole game the only way he got 60 points was because he played all 80 minutes That's I, I almost picked him up when I thought Philly Alfinger was going to start just so my competition couldn't pick him up and Nabung still didn't pick him up don't you love Nelson's almost stories? Like, I almost. It's just he won. I, I was talking to... It was Blake or, or Taco, Taco about it. All right, let's move on. Very good. All right, well, clearly we're All moving right. on, and surely Nelson's not going to talk about the next game as well because yeah. he watched we lots of games of rugby yeah, this week. Yeah, we never do that. Oh, far out. So, the Reds, <laughs> the Reds versus the Bulls. I don't even I'm see sorry. this coming. I'm sorry, listeners. Um, yeah, I didn't see this coming. Reds versus the Bulls. The Reds won 41-17 to 17 here. Uh, that's six tries to three, so the bonus points... To the Reds. In terms of the returns column, James O'Connor returned after his ankle injury, and Berger Odendahl returned also from an ankle injury. El Capitan. New injuries, El Capitan, yes. Uh, injuries for Jock Campbell. Uh, he got a little kick to the chin, uh, which knocked him out cold and tried to ruin my team. Harry Wilson, he had an MCL injury and, and really struggled to get off the field. Uh, with speculating that was a grade two, Harry. I don't think we've got any new information. Oh, wow. Did Boomer then not not come back? He didn't. Sorry, just yeah, I forgot. No, he did. No, he didn't. I actually forgot. He was named. I was, was looking named. at the guy playing the whole game, and I who was I, it? It's, it was Franco Nordier. Nord- oh yeah, Nordier, it was. Who like I was watching the whole game, and he's actually enormous. You know, he's about the same size as Esterheisen. And I was like, who is this bloke again? I've forgotten. But he's actually really massive. Look, I, I got confused because when Odendale's on, I don't notice him. So, <laughs> I got muddled, sorry. He's one um, of those motivational speaker type of captains. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Lizzo Gaboka, he got a concussion. Uh, Josh Strauss followed his lead with a concussion. And Amula Ois, he limped off. Uh, when he was getting subbed, it, it was hard to tell if he was getting subbed or if he actually came off injured. Mm. Um, but we, we think it was an injury. I'm sorry, but can we just point out, like, would it get really confusing if South Africans named Oos went to New Zealand and it's like, what's up, my Oos? Oos. You know, like nah, it's bad. No, That's real bad. bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move on so no one knows actually right, that was. <laughs> and uh, JP Smith <laughs> missed the game because he was sick. <laughs> um, basically, the, the biggest thing out of this was the Reds finally showed some ticker and closed out a game just as the comp gets called off. <laughs> like, they finally did what they were Begging, and everyone wanted them oh, to do. Oh, they were the 2020 champions. Right? Did Harry. anyone else think that when the score was 17-7, it was game over? The Reds I did. didn't show up again. I did. I did. 100. I, I thought 17 nil up. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it went 17 nil up. That yeah. is terrible. Look, I, I think one of the biggest things out of it was it. Sh- it finally showed that Liam Wright is a captain. I think he he made some massive impacts 
closing out that first half when they're down 17-7, both defensive impacts, Mm -hmm. which helped turn the tide a little bit, stem a bit of that flow. And I think he really proved himself why he was selected captain. Rodder, look, I I thought previously that Rodder should have been the captain, Mm -hmm. but this for me was the first time that I've sat down and go, I can understand it now. Um, That's nothing against Rodder. I think Rodder's a huge part of the leadership group, but it, it was really impressive uh, from right, mm-hmm. he he really helped that his side in, in this one, um, but yeah, look, the Bulls went up to a flyer, and then all of a sudden, Jock Campbell, when he got his little head knock um, in the 19th minute, he was pulled. Isaac Lucas came on, but he came on at 10, pushing James O'Connor out to 12, um, and it ignited their side. Really, I, I think it was it was a massive uh, thing mm-hmm. for them. Isaac Lucas, we all know was- what he can do. I think he um, looks a lot better with an experienced man outside of him to help take so. the pressure off. That's what off. I was yeah. going to say. As, look, as, as well as actually Hamish Stewart has played at 12 when he's been on, I think you have to give him credit. I think James O'Connor is most effective in that team at 12. Yeah, look, I don't think they were... Did they play together with Stewart outside him? At the start of the season... The I don't start of the season was the same. Lucas at 10, James O'Connor yeah. at 12. Yeah, it was yeah. O'Connor and at that's 12. Why, and that's why we both... We time. all thought Isaac Lucas looked quite good. Mm. That I think that's their best combination. And the but the issue is that Lucas offers a lot off the bench, whereas Hamish Stewart does not. Exactly. I agree. That's yeah, true. I agree. And, and Stewart's been really solid there. And that's that's sure. not a criticism to Stewart. It's just it's the way game. his game is. Although, yeah, again, in theory, Stewart could play 10, 12, and fifteen. I mean, he's mm. to me, he's, he's proven that he's less of a fifteen. 12, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's evolved at that twelve. He's mm. a ten or twelve, but I think twelve or a seven. Is suited to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he could be. Probably. Yeah. yeah, he could be a hooper star. Well, he's, he's, wearing, he's, he's wearing headgear, right? It's got to be yeah. for a reason. Yeah. 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 Back's wearing headgear. Um, but yeah, uh, they really ignited that from that ten twelve um, channel. Later on in the game, we had a really stupid yellow card from Chris Fail. I saw Tia Kagi. Yeah, it was uh, it was like a I called it a sixty forty. I was prepared to say fifty fifty. Uh, yeah. It was like it was a late it was a guy's kicking from his end goal. It was a late hit uh, and like hard and a little bit high maybe as well. But he probably could have pulled out only just, but he probably could have pulled out. So yeah, look, I'm a big man for once I've I'm not a big man, but once I've committed to a oh, tackle, a f- if it's a split second decision, it's always going to look worse in slow mo again. And it, mm. it's it's hard to tell in slow mo. You have to watch those at full speed. Yeah, for sure. Because I think the the slow mo is not to judge the decision; it's to judge the impact point and where people tip to. Because they always go back to watch it in real time after. Yeah, but when we were talking about the game before this, right, um, with Hugh Roach's elbow, they were talking about they actually said it was a hard elbow, and you could see the force. They only looked at it in slow mo. Then they did show it later in full pace, and it was gentle. It was shit and stupid, but it was soft. I watched it when so, you were talking about it. I thought it was pretty heavy. I don't think any, really anyone would use the word gentle for it. But, yeah. um, well, I mean, you're a rugby player, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, it, it, here we go. I bet you like some ball fondling as well, do you? No, ball fondling's not cool. <laughs> Unless it's the rugby ball. Then it's good. Um, Move it on. Yeah, so... Basically, another thing out of this, Dane Zander, he really impressed me. It was his first start after filling in for J.P. Smith, and he really filled that role, and he was quite physical there. And um, he actually got up over Naikanya a few times in the scrum. They won two scrums, took two of the ball scrums. Yeah, look, uh, he wasn't 
advancing as far forward mm. as um, Taniela T- uh, Tupo. Oh boy. But he was still, he was a really solid position. He was a big part of that scrum. Harry Wilson, uh, he had his MCL injury. But Razor Robinson has frothed on this guy as much as us now. He's actually come out and said he's got a man crush on Harry Wilson. He was brilliant in his 55 minutes. Um, I think he's out for a fair while. Is it four to six weeks, maybe? Well, they, I mean, they taped him. He couldn't continue. So to me, that makes it... You know, M- MCLs, they actually can be taped really successfully. So yeah. if they can't continue, generally it means it's more severe. So he's on the upper end of thing, which means he's at least a four to six week injury. Yeah, at least a grade two, four to six. That's not confirmed, but that would be my experience. And, and despite him being 20 and this being his first season, he's already a player they cannot risk. <laughs> like, no. Yeah, exactly right. If there's any more And they do have back row depth. Um, in, in talking about that, Fraser McWright, when he came on, mm. he's an exciting, a very, very exciting player. Another guy, Razor Robinson, actually talked up which is pretty interesting for a young guy coming off the bench. I also think Filippo Dalgunu brought a lot of energy when he came on. Maybe some of it misguided, but he was going like he made a few decisions with hitting a man just after he landed, which in previous years he was hitting that guy early, he was making little mistakes. He wants to play rugby and he really tried to impact that game. <coughs> Yeah, again, you'd think he'd learn something from his uh, four-week ban. For, yeah, for sure. Yeah. In terms of the uh, possession, the second half, it was actually 79% to the Reds. They did not let the, the Bulls touch it to their 21. Um, and the territory, they had 82% of territory to the, the Bulls, 18. They also made 23-3 to offloads, willing to throw that ball around. Something we're starting to see more and more in Aussie sides, including the Ties, and I'm really enjoying it. Mm. The Reds are just... It's coming off for them. Twenty-three offloads is next level, though. Yeah, my teens is generally a really aggressive offloading. Game. Yeah, and for me, the three offloads from the Bulls just proves that um, the, way they play. the way they play. But also losing RG Snyman means they lost all their offloads. Basically. Oh, I thought you were going to say they dropped the ball backwards three times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so fantasy man in the match. tackle, mate. That's their offloads. They just lose oh, control of the ball. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I don't that's, know if that counts. Fantasy man of the yeah. match was yeah. Alex Murphy with 84 points, 11 carries, a try, oh. nine tackles, 15 line-out wins, a turnover. He, he was doing a fair bit around the paddock. Lucan Sarkalotto had another really solid game. Um, he moved into lock. I'm pretty sure the back end. Everyone's talking about how good he was in the back row, but he did play a chunk of this game at lock as well. Mm. And he was good in both. Liam Wright got 59, Roscoe Speckman got 54, and Harry Hawkins got 52 with another pretty brilliant game. Very good. And Harry, um, despite not being there on fantasy points, what was your favourite thing about Taniela Tupo's game? Was it the it was the 79th minute try? Was that the... No, I've got nothing to say about that. <laughs> uh, Sharks versus Stormers. Now, this was basically the two big doggy dogs in the South African conference at the moment because the Haguaris have slipped into nothingness literally this week. Uh, the Sharks got up 24 to 14. It was two tries apiece. There was no new names coming back, but there were a lot of injuries. Nelson, no one's dumb enough to fall for your Yanchi's prank. Um, Louis Schroeder came off within the first 30 seconds of the game. Big, big moment early. Uh, oh, yeah. It was uh, 
I, I think it should have been a red card. I think we can all agree on when, that. When uh, what what do we end up calling JLDP? Is it J uh, Little Duplicy or something? We had a nickname for him, Mini Duplicy. I don't know. It was obviously not very good because it wasn't. What are you talking memorable. about? You're getting confused with Jean Luc yeah. Duplicy. Sorry, Johan. Yeah, you literally Dutoit. You're right, Dutoit. Yeah, it was it was Mini Dutoit or something. Okay, like yeah, I don't think we have a creative nickname for him yet. But that's uh, you weren't here. You've been absent. I uh, wasn't been here either. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Anyway, <laughs> Johan Dutoit took out a player off the kickoff and didn't just take him out. Like basically spear tackled the bloke at mm. the peak height of his jump. And then put his hands in his head and went, God damn, I'm about to get red carded. That was the dumbest thing I've done in my rugby career by a long, a long, long way. Yeah, it wasn't even a, like I'm looking up, I wasn't looking at him. I was actually looking right at him it as was, I ran into it him. It was terrible. Yeah. It should have been a red. It should have been a red. So anyway, he he got yellow carded. Lowy Schroeder missed the rest of the game. 79 and a half minutes with concussion, which brought Nahambe on. I, it was less than 30 seconds. It was the kickoff. It was like five seconds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was nothing, yeah. Uh, on on Nahambe, he needs to get his passing right. Yeah, Very look, exciting, but he throws a lot important. of passes. That's not important for a halfback. Well, it didn't, it didn't ruin Nick Phipps' career, but I would suggest you... Augustine Pulu. <sighs> so true. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's dynamic... But he really needs improvement. Right now, Nahambe's passing is on Phipps level, not Pulu level. Pulu's was never fast, but he throws passes to no one. <laughs> yeah, so. that is definitely Phipps. Yeah. He can play for the Wallabies, basically. About <laughs> <laughs> 80 caps or something. Yeah, yeah. some shit. Uh, Riven Van Heerden as well, he limped off. We're not exactly sure about the details of that yet. Uh, okay. To be honest, uh, I think it's almost a good thing because he's going to be the most carded man in the competition this year if it continues. Mm. Um, Jean Luc, he's a grub. Jean Luc <laughs> Duplessis came off with a rib injury. It was just a heavy, heavy tick. He was trying to he, tackle. He was trying to run sideways, and Andre the Giant just hunted him yeah. down and destroyed him. Munched him. It was very good. I it don't like to see a man get injured, but I do. It was but... pretty great watching on Daddy Johnny Jones. And of course, that meant that Valencia moved into fly half. And the only thing that that meant any that meant anything to me was watching Valencia just put three people <laughs> yeah. on their ass as he put his left foot step three times in a row yeah. in the middle of the field for a total of four or five meters gained. I just love watching him. I don't know if he went for the spin. <laughs> like... He didn't. No, he didn't. But that wasn't what it was about. It was yeah. great for fantasy stats. Absolutely. Herschel Yanchez came off pretty late in the game. Well, not that late, yeah, but, but in, a, in the second half, half anyway. Time, almost half time, wasn't it? Ends up he apparently fractured his leg, and they're saying he could be gone for three or four months, four months. So Jeez. it must have been a very bad fracture. I don't know. I don't know exactly what the details are there, but Tough just life. to be saying that is is pretty severe, and it obviously did a very good job on whatever he's injured. Mm. Um, Stephen Kitts off as well. Speaking of tough lives. Yeah, speaking of the fire track, uh, he had a pec tear. They've also said three to four months for him. That can so, be very bad for a proper pec tear. Yeah. It, it can really linger. It's one of those injuries that can linger once they return. Is there anyone that you, you got in your head when you're saying that? I know there's one specific super rugby player in recent years who's had constant, I'm pretty sure he's South African, constant lingering issues from it. Right. Um, anyway, the, the three to four month timeline to me says he's having an operation. So oh, yeah. I, I, in, and in that case, I would say three months is probably pretty aggressive. I reckon it's probably more four to five. I actually almost reckon he did it and then um, had another scrum and it did it, injured it further. Because Kishoff, probably the best loose head prop in the world, Thomas Detoit was actually having the rubber the grain over him. Um, he was having him in the scrum, getting the penalties... He even, I think he even took an on-the-ball turnover off Kitsoff, Tommy Detoy. So I think he was real fired up. I think he could have maybe 
inflamed it. So that's when the tank engine really thrives, eh? When his opposition's got one arm. That's it. I love it. Good. My team's there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Jamie Roberts, uh, he's the last one. Look, he didn't get injured in the game, but they're saying basically if this competition gets back up and running, he's got to travel back to England to renew his visa. And of course, now when you travel back to England, you can't come back into the country again. Mm. So there could be some real issues around that and if he actually gets some game time. On the point of Jamie Roberts, we saw Rickus Pretorius come back no. on for his second cap. I know. He got 25 minutes. That's it. Didn't see him do anything. <laughs> but uh, again, he did get game time, so we might see more of him. I've definitely cooled on my enthusiasm about the rugby player that he's going to be this year. Mm. So maybe prospect for the future instead. Yeah. I was, uh, was watching this game, and I was trying to think of what I was going to say about it. And after 30 minutes, all I could think was... God, it's really good footy, and I'm just not used to seeing it in a South African derby. I was really, really entertained. The Sharks offered a lot more in attack. They had really hard attacking lines, running unders lines. They had really good probing short kicks. I was really enjoying Kerwin Bosch's just little chips in behind, cross kicks. And, you know, not all of them came off, to be honest with you, but what became really obvious was the reason the Sharks are finding so much space in attack is because they're actually putting enough short kicks in that the opposition defence has too too many things in their mind about how they're going to have to defend the team. And I think that's probably what opens teams up late in the game, and it's probably the key to the Sharks attacking success at the moment. On the flip side, the Stormers' line speed stayed intense despite those short kicks in this one. They kept pushing the Sharks behind the ad line, and then they took advantage of a couple of good turnovers, especially their first try. They broke away. I think it was Augustus, Kerwin Bosch, and then Urshel Yanchez ran away to score it. And mm. Good support lines, good offloads from, from Augustus, who had a good game as well. I was just really, really impressed uh, and, and really, really enjoyed the game, which, which doesn't always happen for the South African derbies, to be honest with you, but it was a good one. Mm. Um, I mentioned Joano Augustus, uh, probably a good game for him when he's been pretty inconsistent, but starting to see a little bit more of the player that he could be as well. Yeah, he can definitely impose himself in the game and and create space and get through gaps and things like that. It's just mm. he's not doing it as much as you'd like to see. Mm. Yeah. While, whilst Yako could see he's been really good, uh, I think <clears throat> the opportunity is there first and foremost for Augustus to, to bed down that eight jersey <clears throat> as his own. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bosch, 60 to 65-meter penalty kick. Can't remember the exact length, but mm. put the Sharks in front on the 70 minutes and then at the depth, the depth, and the depth, the depths of the depth. Pimpy. Ah, Pimpy. Kept up his good work, just scoring to just put the game out of uh, out of reach for the Stormers. That's it. And uh, also, I just love watching my Pimpy just put someone on their ass about 60 minutes in as well. There was a really good fend-off. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Oh, man, he's just growing on me every week. Yeah. Uh, match are stats. You, are you growing watching him as well? I am. <laughs> I am. Ah, Pimpy. My Pimpy. Uh, possession, 63%. And we have to make it R-rated, guys. Territory. <laughs> uh, it's innuendo. You can do that on oh, PG. Yeah, nice. uh, territory, 70%. Uh, both for the Sharks. So they had the favour there. Um, they ran 351 metres to 197 metres. So oh, gosh. Damn some pretty low run metres. Yeah. Who Stop, were we talking about before Stormers. being awful in their 190s? Was it the Summers uh, and Lions? Oh, yeah. shit. So Stormers and Lions. Yeah, Stormers just... Can't tried, wait to see that rematch. They, they, they just had no ad line without Peter Stettatoy there, so they really missed him this week. Yeah, 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 fair, fair. Mm. And uh, 20 tackle busts for the Sharkies, over 12 as well. Um, the Stormers made way, way more tackles, 118 to 58 double. as well. <clears throat> Uh, in this one, fantasy man of the match was Afalele Fassi with 58 points, 17 conversions, a try, a line break, two tackle busts, 
Over 100 metres of turnover. Can you sum up everyone else in this game? Fantasy-wise? No one over 50. Yeah, they all sucked. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go on this one. Jaguares versus Highlanders. This I'm is, just... this is, this is, did you watch this one? This is the type of, this is Nelson's game. This is the type, I was going to say, the type of game we should give to Nelson. Yeah, to, okay, we'll give it to about. Nelson. Yeah, yeah look, uh, returning was C.O. Tompkinson. Watch him still talk. Uh, <laughs> we, we were also, Creevy was named to start after his bicep injury. Uh, the guy that sells your computers, the Dell guy. He wasn't uh, named though. Creevy? No, no, Dell guy. Yeah, but he was potential. We were thinking maybe he was potential. <laughs> Um, There's a yeah. lot of potential in this game. Yeah, yeah. he wasn't so much in the twenty three. Look, the, the fantasy—they no, actually all equal the same man. points. The game was cancelled. They sucked. <laughs> that was great. That they was, sucked. <laughs> that was one of your best game reviews. Nelson. Yeah, look, I try to drag it out because you guys are whinging. Very good. Brumbies and Tars Sunday afternoon match um, still went ahead. Perhaps might have been cancelled if it wasn't after the um, Canberra Raiders NRL game, which said they were definitely going ahead. So. You know, they were talking about making a closed crowd, but the NRL was like, no, um, this game is happening. So, anyway, we'll see. Uh, game went ahead. Returning, Rob Simmons, Captain Mudd, came back from an ankle injury. What, are you just saying that I said his name? Or? No, I continue. Oh, he, he should have been, you know. Oh, Mark, no winger need to watch. No, you butchered it. No, he's not That's a winger. He's you not can't a winger, just mate. throw a winger in there. This is the one time I said no winger need a, No, you didn't. You said no winger need a Let's yeah. talk more about this now. <laughs> Anyway, he was back from his back injury. Shame. Um, and he was fantastic. Um, Shame on you. He was one of these ones. Harry was trying to, you know, trade him from me this way. I had him too. He was in my team until that bloody yep. four-week injury. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, injuries in this one. Curly Beal, middle hammy injury. Um, <laughs> Carmichael Hunt. Is middle hammy funny? Or... Yeah, it's not. Been... Well, full mate. Stitch up. He's middle hammy. Middle hammy, same as the hammy. <laughs> It was his. It was his top. It was his lower hammy, and the, and his. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, I think Nelson was suggesting middle leg. Yeah, but it wasn't very good. Wow, you guys suck. Um, so um, <laughs> hammy injury, Carmichael Hunt calf injury. They both sat on the on the bench, getting super iced up. Alan Alatoa broken arm, so that was no yeah. good. Seeing him in a sling, um, particularly not good for Australian mm-hmm. rugby. That um, and as was evident in this game, he was pretty much the entire Brumby scrum. Because would you believe it? Uh, the Brumbies lost two scrums to the Tars. Yeah. I don't believe it. I mean, I, I know I Angus Bell is that it. good. It was Angus Bell was going up against Alatoa. I know he's that good, but... Yeah, without Alatoa... I'm Brumbies still convinced that the Brumbies second row are not offering enough in the scrum compared to the last years. I agree. You know, we keep talking up their second row with filling in the gaps, but this Talk, year, yeah. I, I don't believe I it. I mean, Neville's been talked up, things like that, but... I, they I, both have been, but I don't think they're offering in the scrum, specifically. I agree. True, speaking of terrible Brumby second row, is Murray Douglas from New Zealand here, concussion, so maybe from he was New running Zealand. around there. Yeah, he's a Kiwi. No, he's Scottish. Cool. Well, that makes more sense, his name sounds very Scottish. Uh, <laughs> I think he went to New Zealand. He, he went to Australia, the then he went to New Zealand. He played for the yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Um, we've talked again more We're about him a lot than we ever will. Yeah. Um, and Solomon Carter, um, leg injury. So, don't know what he did, but... It would have been great if he, he did he that his leg. earlier on. Yeah. Yeah. For the Waratahs. Yeah. Oh. a couple of tries. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, he did have a ripper game. So, this game. Uh, Tars, very enterprising rugby early on, but the Brumbies really just took 15 to 20 minutes kind of just to really warm up, warm into the game. And it was pretty much all Brums from that point. Um, the Brumbies big carriers. This is what I, I actually, as a Tars fan, just enjoyed watching the Brumbies big carriers absolutely take it to the Tars. So TK, Tavita Kurandrani, Solomon Kata, 
Ira Simone just absolutely running at Harrison, at Kurtley Beal, and at Nwinganitawase. <laughs> um, it's not Nwinganitawase, mate. Nwinganitawase. <laughs> Close enough. It's um, not. Kagu. And anyway, it was... <laughs> no, it was very good just watching them absolutely hammer. I look, to be fair, Will Harrison did, did an alright job just getting absolutely battered and bruised. Like, he was still willing and running in there if he making tackles. But, but um, would, would you say there was a standout in, out of these two tens? The two young Aussie tens in this match? Um, both it, had really good games, actually. Yeah. Um, I mean, most, most things are saying that they both were equally good. Mm. One was just the more solid side. Because there's been a lot yeah. more talk about Noel Alessio than there has been, been about Will Harrison in I would terms say of Wallaby's jersey. I would say that that's a fair um, fair assessment. I think Will Harrison has shown in... Like, when the Tars have played really, really well, he has been amazing. Um, when they've played poorly, he's, he's pe- taken upon himself more. I thought mm. he's been better in mm. recent weeks when they've struggled. It's well, pretty, I guess, I it's, guess pretty it's pretty hard to compare these guys when you've got a team that has been dominant and a team that has been really struggling. Yeah, I, I said when the Tars have played well, I guess they played well once. Uh, which is the game <laughs> they won, so, no, um, they played 20 minutes. Here or there. True, true that. Um, but yes, anyway, so no, there was a lot of comparisons between the two young tens, and they're both exciting prospects for the, for the future. Thank you. Um, One. So, Mark Nawanganitawasa. Yeah. Oh, high five? Oh, don't high five. Oh, no. No, we just got the Infected. coronavirus. Oh, well. <laughs> um, well, he, it's, it's already done. You can't take it back now. Um, anyway, he, another world class finish in the corner. Um, Harry loved to see that this week against no. uh, against him. But, I didn't. Uh, no, he's he's unbelievable. He just, as Nelson points out, does struggle a little bit in defence. I think um, the moment that stood out for me was Tom Wright came on uh, off the bench, and the first thing he did was just a little inside step outside, and Mark just absolutely fell over. Couldn't couldn't deal with that. So got a bit of work to do there, but world class in offence. Um, but yes, yeah, Solomon. Speaking of world class, Carter two tries. Like I've been waiting for this. I really thought the way what I've seen of him earlier in the season that he would be scoring a lot more tries. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I agree. the way they've been really using him, he's just a, had a versatile, pivotal, yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and so no, he was brilliant. Um, one was even a pick and drive off a lineout more. He, he was in there at the back getting involved, and then he just was like, "Well, I'm picking this up and going." And um, that's the core of BDS. Yeah. It was exactly. just going, get involved, let the man do what he wants. It's the rugby league in him. Yeah, that's it. Um, they don't do pick and drives in league. So <laughs> I don't think. It's yeah, but Corbetti did it too. It's just they're hungry again. This is more about rugby league than I've ever wanted to talk about. Um, all right, Tars ill discipline. Piggyback. They basically piggyback the Brumbies up the field. The penalties. I think it was six penalties against the Tars to one at half time. Um, the Brums then gave away five bloody penalties in their own five meter zone before eventually Darcy Swain was yellow carded for repeated infringements. Um, it probably, sh- I think it should have been on the third or or fourth penalty, given it was literally within the five meter line. Um, it was pretty crazy, but um, yeah. Anyway, Brummies literally just absorbed uh, all this pressure with ten to fifteen minutes in their red zone. Tars were not creative enough; couldn't get anywhere. Um, should have should have opted for the scrum. You know, the the Brummies were down a lock, had the numbers in the scrum, mm. but kept going for the line out. Anyway, uh, that was all of that. Um, match that. Oh, well, I just, I just you, wanted had, to, you wanted the point? Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to quickly touch on Steve Tandy and Phil Bailey, the uh, defensive coaches for the last couple of years for the Waratahs. So I thought this was a really interesting conversation I this had. Is... Steve Tandy last year is a super detailed coach where they played one fullback and they had a lot of attention to detail in the way they coached their defensive structures. 
This year, Phil Bailey came in very late for the Waratahs, and I've made a lot of excuses for the Waratahs because of that, because they have a new defensive system where they run two fullbacks and they change the way that they defend. Mm. The issue is that Phil Bailey is not a detail-oriented guy from all reports. Mm. Instead, he's talking all about just attitude and making sure you get up and put a hit on someone. <laughs> and on top of that, he's working one to two days a week. So if he's come in late... Yeah changed the, the defensive patterning and then isn't putting the detail in and trying to push attitude it, it, and we wonder yeah. why they're not they're not gelling or why their defense is poor. I think one thing is like you're trying to drastically change this in a small amount of time a week. That's where the detail isn't. You know what I mean? Like you have to get the basics of this stuff, the get that down pat first and then those little finer details can be worked. If you can't understand the basis of, of how that defensive structure works those details aren't going to make a huge difference. He's still within like a few weeks of what a full-time professional um, mm. uh, defensive coach would be. Like He hasn't had enough time. I it's think, stupid. I think we all assume that um, all of the New South Wales Waratah staff is just one or two days a week. No. <laughs> and, and the players, clearly. <laughs> Ned and the players. Yeah. <laughs> no, very good. No, that is certainly interesting. And yeah, we're going to use that as an excuse for the Tars' uh, lack of success this season. Um, good. But um, very good. In this one, the Tars had plenty of opportunity. Possession 50-50. Territory basically 50-50. Meters, they had more meters. They had more tackle busts. Um, the the Brumbies did have 11 to 8 uh, offloads. line breaks. About that? The Tars had what, more than three times the offloads, 5 to 18. So the Tars had, in attack, they had all the, the right stats, but they just couldn't convert. The Brumbies' D, like I said, on on their line was just too good. Typical Tars, though. Sign of a good team, too. Exactly. And the Brumbies, the Brumbies' tries were all really well-worked kind of moves. They were proper set pace, they good structures. It was very good. Um, and, yeah, as I said, the Brumbies lost two two scrums, but they also lost four line-outs. Um, so that was pretty huge. Penalty count did even up in the end. It was 8-12 to, um, to, the, uh, to the Tars with more there. Uh, I don't want to... He who shall not be named was the um, fantasy man of the match. 74 points. Come, who, Come on, give him the credit. We're credit. Oh, Captain you. Mud. Captain Mud, fine. Who's, um, who's Captain Mud, for those who don't know? Our four listeners. Can you believe that he ha- is now like the fourth most capped Super Rugby player or something? I forget. Rob Simmons. Rob Simmons. Yeah, I, was, I can't. Say Rob it. the Mud Simmons. I'm, I'm all for criticising Rob Simmons, but if he does something good, you've got to give him the credit, mate. 74 points. He's never done that in his so entire life. Do you think life. like one good thing makes up for... No, but no, this but week I'll compliment him. I'm not that much of a jerk. I, I am. That's fine. Um, all right. <laughs> so Car- Carter, 62 points. Now, Wangani Tawase, 55 Ooh. points. Tom Banks and Joe Powell, 52 points. Going to leave you hanging on that high five, Harry. I don't want coronavirus. You already got it. Excellent. All right, that concludes our very short three-minute-a-game preview that we like sticking to. And this was a <laughs> really short half-hour pod that we're doing. And we did um, less games. Yeah. <laughs> well, good that we don't have uh, any previews to do because, uh, yes, there is no Super Rugby at the moment. Um, and it really, do it really doesn't look like there will be. Obviously, there's lots of talk about <clears throat> sub-competitions and things like that. But I think Super Rugby essentially said if it's cancelled for five weeks, then it's it's done. They're not if, it, if they're not going, but the way they were talking about it, they're like, oh, we don't have time to push into the international window. So what they're suggesting is they won't actually cancel games. They're just going to delay them, right? So if That's the game the doesn't start by April, they're just going to cancel the competition. Personally, I think if it doesn't start by April, just start losing rounds. Yeah, yeah just 100%. play the last play the rounds from where they stand. 
Yeah, no, look, that, that makes the most sense. I think the thing we're most likely to see, if we're looking at the context of sport in Australia, sport in other countries, is the thing we're most likely to see is we're going to have intra-conference matches. And apparently there's talk about intra it. Intra or inter? Intra. <laughs> so, Sumo Stevenson, sorry, mate, he said inter. <laughs> but yeah, no, intra-conference matches. Mm. So, as in the Aussie sides, we have Aussie derbies, we have the Kiwi derbies, we have South African derbies. The Hags can sit at home and the Sunwolves can also probably sit at home. Unless they stay in Australia, then they'll get a few matches. So that's probably most realistically what, if we're going to see a short-term solution, it'll mm. be that. Yeah. I, there's no way it can be anything different when the borders are being shut in New Zealand and, and very similar in Australia. Mm. So, I mean, I, I'd love to see that. Yeah. And yeah. That, those will still be with without crowds, basically, because, you know, I mean, in Australia, yeah, for example, exactly. it's 500. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But no, no gatherings of more than 500 people or more. But no, anyway, like, I think I guess we all hope that there's some more rugby. You know what I mean? I hope it's not yeah. done. I mean, the fantasy season's done, so you know it's kind of it's not. If this goes ahead, we will continue playing from there. So no, we're, I mean, we're obviously, obviously the uh, the opportunity for us is that we're still using our code Hugh to create more content on our website. You can now plug your team in. Am I right in saying this? And it'll yeah. tell you your round score without you having to add it up. You can. So that's a new feature on the website and we're hoping to roll that more and more in this break as well. Yeah, we're still still going to finish building out this platform. Yeah, we're also looking to, uh, to do something hopefully pretty novel. We can't say too much just yet because we don't want to promise things uh, that we can't deliver on like we've, saying we've at the end of the last yeah like saying at the end of last rugby season that we'll continue to do podcasts we, we, through the uh, rugby championship yeah. we don't want to do what Kagi does and over promise no, and under deliver yeah. anyway, very good. basically we've got some exciting things in the works that we're working hard on to do something novel that's hopefully it. it all comes off that's it I think what we can say is look what we're going to try and use this spare time uh, that we now have with is to try some things that we've always wanted to do I mean, some things we can say very simple. Like we've we've wanted to we've we've always wanted to interview some players, um, and we have quite a few players that have said they'd love to come on the pod. But we've kind of found it difficult to see how it would fit in. We we already do an hour and a half pod every week about reviewing, mm. previewing, whatever. We were thinking we could fit him in a dessert, but like if you're if you're going to have a player on, you want to have a good sesh, have a good chat. We have those um, opportunities. And so anyway, we've we've got things that we want to explore, and we're we're hoping to keep bringing more and, content. And if tonight proves anything, is that we don't actually need much content to fill out a full podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we just need less strict rules. <laughs> That's it. Um, so yeah, uh, basically stay tuned. We'll obviously yeah we'll keep we'll announce what we're we're planning to do. But yeah. I expect a pod next week. I'd say so. One one thing we've loved is actually play like managers reaching out to us, people that mm. are interested in what we're doing and, mm. and, and chatting to us. So if there's things you want to talk about, if there's things you're interested in, let us know. Speaking of uh, managers reaching out, what does that oh, take us up to? Professionalism is it must. Uh, dessert. What you gonna do? What you gonna do with that dessert? Do what? Do what? Do that? Do And our dessert this week brought to you by no one. Um, and we're going to <laughs> do some listeners' questions and our favourite moment of the 2020 season. We have a long list of listeners' questions because we put out a tweet very early. I mean, Let's no, prioritise now. We've got to prioritise. We're running over time. All right. We'll just, we'll prioritize, just the top one, no, top tweet. I think we can do question. two. Nah, one. Top <laughs> listener <laughs> question. <laughs> Harry, can you give us a top listener question and a shout out to who it was? Yeah, we got Juan Ramon Valerino. I hope I pronounced his name right. Mm. At JRVJ71. So thank you very much for that. Sounds the like a license plate. Kind of a... The handle there, yeah. oh mate, oh, mate, come on, don't ostracize our fans. Like <laughs> it this. does actually. It How feasible? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm outfitted. 
Okay, question is, how feasible would it be to have playoffs with the seedings we have after seven weeks of Super Rugby? Nelson, I want to hear your thoughts first. Look, I think one thing that makes that unfeasible is some teams have easier starts to Super Rugby and tougher ends to the Super Rugby season and vice versa. So realistically, the Reds are going to move into a... They would have moved into a smoother period for them, not having as many tough games and could have built that momentum and actually end up in the finals. Whereas we've got teams that are versed only sort of easier sides that will be sitting higher up on the table. So I think logistically it can't work for that very reason. It's just not a fair competition. Okay, so so tell me who from this top eight that currently stands you think would be out and who might push in. You have on top the Sharks, then you have even on points the Crusaders and the Brumbies, then the Blues, the Chiefs, the Hurricanes and Stormers, and the Haguaris. So you've got four New Zealand teams, the Brumbies from Australia, and the Sharks, Stormers, and Haguaris. Look, I, I'm not convinced conference. those bottom three have solidified themselves. That's so, the Hurricanes, the Jags, the Stormers, more so anyone than the Jags. I don't think they've really uh, consolidated themselves. They're, they would have had... A few home games and a few sort of away games. And yes, they haven't versus the Sunwolves yet. That stuff's supposed to be coming up. But for me, they haven't done enough. They've, they've shown quite a few issues in their game plan. Um, the Hurricanes, that they're still lacking a bit of that direction at 10. Um, and the Stormers just seem to bore me. To be honest, I'd, I'd be happy with that. I'd be happy with it. But I also think the Reds deserve it more... Mm. In, in so you're, you're basically saying right. you believe the Reds over the Haguaras, is that what you're saying? I understand the Reds should be there over the Hags. I don't so think the Reds... That's the biggest thing. I'm not sure the Reds would have made the final. I think that might be... No, they're two wins from I seven that's, games. That's I, what I was saying. I think it's a bit wishful thinking. Yeah, but they also, prior to these games cancelling, they had a very smooth run into this back, back into the, the comp. They had this uh, the the best, moving forward, mm. the best matches, I'm pretty sure. But you forget as well... They had, they're about one or two more injuries away from having no players. You know what I mean? Like, their back line is absolutely mate, depleted. Third, third uh, outside centre, Chris Fawaisotia, mm. did well. He's, so, he's more than capable. This is what I mean, though. They're on their last back line. That's how I feel. Like, well, they've they're, got Dalgoo like, returning. They've got, like, one they've spare got player. Higgity still there. You know, like, people coming in. I'm not 100% convinced mm. one more injury would do it. Mm, okay. They, right. They're definitely struggling there, but so mm. are other teams. Yes, very good. Harry, do you, what are your thoughts on this before we move on? Well, I, I just thought I'd just quickly try and do the numbers so I can actually say to you guys what's actually remaining. Um, so we're talking about Haguares and Strength of Draw. Yeah, off yeah. the Strength of Draw. Basically, they're very, very similar. Uh, in the next three games, they're, they've only got a half-point difference in terms of their matchups. Yeah. Then you've got... They ranked 6th and 7th, respectively, for the toughness of the competition and their matchups. For the next five, the Reds have a significant advantage, 6th to 8th, but it's 5.8 difficulty compared to 10. Mm. We're talking on a scale of about you know, 13, 14 points as an absolute max. Uh, the rank in the remaining draw, the Reds have the 7th hardest draw running in, and the Haguaras have the 8th hardest draw running in. So they're neck and neck, but the Haguaras have a pretty significant lead. The Haguaras are currently on 15 points, the Reds on 13. Two points difference, but the Haguaras have played one less game, and they have their automatic default draw from the week just gone for what should have been a, a home game. So so to me, I think the Haguaras have the, the clear advantage. Well, a couple of the things was the Hags also, they had the Crusaders coming 
into the future. And, and let's not forget, we've got them ranked as number five. They're going to be sitting a lot higher than that in terms of emotionally what you think. They're not going to beat the Crusaders. Um, they're actually got a match up against the Reds. Who's at home there for the, the match up against the Reds? Uh, that's a great question. Reds versus Jaguars. I don't think there is a game. I'm pretty sure I was, do, oh, I was doing the math. No, yeah, you're making things up. Okay, no, I was misreading your thing. But um, look, the Reds had the Brumbies tough game. Sunwolves very beatable. Rebels very beatable. Waratahs very beatable. Highlanders potentially beatable. They're at home as well. The Reds, so they're all quite easy. They got um, the Waratahs again a little bit slightly later on, and the Rebels again. So that's maybe five or so wins, five or six wins, and that's not saying that they're going to come up against teams or beat teams like the Blues or Hurricanes, which are their harder two matches in the rest of the season. The rest of them are very winnable. Excellent. I think that's a uh, comprehensive answer to your question, Juan Ramon. Um, I think, in in essence, I I think if we were to have a playoffs based on the seeding after Week 7, I don't think any team would really feel that robbed. You know what I mean? It's extremely extenuating circumstances, and I think... We'd rather see finals rugby than no finals rugby. And, and the Reds yeah. had their chance. And, and yeah. you know, who knows what happens at the end of the season. Maybe they would push in, but, I mean, they've had their chance. They have had their they chance. they didn't take it early as well. Absolutely. All right, so we're going to kick on to our favourite moment of the 2020 fantasy rugby season so far. We're talking the OG League. We're talking our fantasy league. I'll kick it off just so that Harry doesn't steal mine because I'm going <clears> to it's my favourite moment. Uh, it is the one, the only... As it stands, based on seating now, the back, two back, two back wooden spooner. Uh, no, no, there's no two back again. You're making that up. Well, it's, it's carry, carry over loser. Carry over spooner. However you want to call it. Um, three my, years running. My we could say three years right. running. <laughs> my favourite moment was Nelson's initial draft. He decided that he was going to pick a whole bunch of players that were injured and not coming back, and he was going to he throw. He was going to throw round <laughs> one, and he spent the whole week telling us that it was his master plan was. All of the best players will be available to be picked up at trade night on round two, uh, and that he was going to have first pick, and that was going to make the difference. Let's not men- let's not forget that he, from this decision, got knocked out of our twenty-four man elimination <laughs> league. Didn't even realise him in the comp. That's it. Um, and so, lo and behold, we came to trade night after Nelson did in fact lose round one quite comprehensively. And um, Nelson, yep. what did you do with that all-important first trade now that we knew where all these new players stood? Uh, look, I'm actually looking directly at everyone's trades here. So this is, this shows you... Just tell us what you did, so mate. What did you we do? don't well, get. I just wanted to know what you did. I passed. What about round oh. two? Like, after all that talk, round trade number two, what did you do? I, I looked at my team and went, they're good. I'm going to pass. <laughs> <laughs> right. So right. did you was it? Did you decide? Hold on. Actually, I'm going to I'm going to back this plan again. I'm going to throw round two, and then round three is when that's when I'm going to come in. Yeah. I'm no, not, not at all. Trades. I thought my team was going to win round two. Um, look, did it win the, round two? The biggest things out of that is uh, staring directly at me. The the two people picked directly after my pass were Hoskins Satutu and Tom Christie. But there was a very specific reason why I couldn't pick those guys up. I had Luke Jacobson, who's played 11 minutes. I had Jonah, I picked up Jonah Narecki in seven yeah, straight as well. He's been flaky. You've flaky, even man. Him. He had a 40 average yeah. until he broke his yeah, ring. Flaky yeah, injured. Oh, yeah. He'd been yeah. so no, no, Nelson's good. not interested in players that score well and play every week. You know what I mean? <laughs> he prefers the guys that have right. the potential or come back. So. Good. Good. Thank you. Anyway, that's my Nelson? favorite moment. My, uh, my fantasy moment Not your fantasy. Year. It was your favorite yeah. moment. <laughs> 
<laughs> was round three. Your fantasy uh, was that this plan came off. I know, it's a bit, you're not, your fantasy mind. Well, you're talking about my round one, round two falling apart. Round three, I versed Kagi, and Kagi got one of the lowest scores of the year, and I actually beat him by 160 points when his team only scored 302. I would call that an absolute shellacking. So even though my plan was so atrocious, I still flogged Kagi when it mattered. That's true. It came back. Your your plan of throwing the first two weeks did work in the third. It was... It was oh, great. no. Nothing changed. My team was just as average, but your team was even shitter. I love that Nelson's like way of getting back at someone is like, he's like perfectly happy to accept that he's rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's terrible. You were that one tiny bit more rubbish than me. Okay, uh, you were real, real shit. I'm not going to lie, Kai, you yeah. stole my favourite moment. I know, I'm sorry. But I mean, I, I did touch on it in the last... But every article and every podcast that we've run <laughs> since this moment. My favourite moment was my head-to-head with Nelson. Mm. And actually, I beat Nelson, but that wasn't my favourite moment. I don't believe it. It wasn't my favourite moment. My favourite moment was doing the research, thinking, it's been a while since Nelson's beaten me. How, many, how long has it been? Round 3, 2016 was the last time Nelson beat me in a head-to-head fantasy round. I don't 12 believe it. matches in a row. Mate, you've had weeks to do the research. I'm Go not doing it right it. now, but I don't believe it. You know what? I think Harry and I were talking earlier. We're starting to write some notes for this pod tonight. And we're thinking what we really need to do is find out the exact date that the last time Nelson has won. So we can start calculating the amount How of days. Many days. We were going to yeah. be more open about it. We're going to see mm. all of us against each other. It's true. Because Nelson, you talk Nelson, a big game. Nelson game. has this slimmer of hope that uh, <laughs> even, even as the back-to-back-to-back to back to back carryover, whatever spoon, that he thinks that he might have been more times. My championship years were early. You weren't there. So you're lucky about that. It sounds but like still, a vintage Nelson excuse. You've only been time. good once. You've only made finals once. All right. I won that. But, um, this has been the world's longest entree. It has. But anyway, so I think, <laughs> the, I think the most, yeah. the most important... That's what we talked about this week. The, the most important feature to build on the website now, I've decided, I think, is is to put that counter up on the top right of the screen, which is like days since Nelson has been Harry. You know what I mean? like, that would be the top... For all like, people to see. <laughs> no one's going to see him, mate. And it does count every day. You're talking to yourself. Oh, very good. All right, well, that is our pod again for another week, for the, I guess, last week of formal Super Rugby fixtures at the moment. But as we've said, stay tuned. No doubt we'll still be all across social media and we'll let you know what we have planned to come um, and yeah, we're excited to try some different stuff that we've been meaning to do. So um, should be good. I can tell you right now the amount of days, mate. I'm very, very happy to tell you that it was the 13th of March in 2016 that Nelson and yeah. I played and he beat me. That was 1,464 no. days ago. Your maths is wrong. One of those was a let you. Sounds like an awful. Oh, 1465 long time. days ago. 1465 days ago since I was How did you just try and pull it up and it became worse for you? I didn't care. Uh, very good. So, anyway, that count will go up on the website as a matter of priority. And, um, no, it's been great having you listen for another pod. Um, and we'll catch you in the next one. See you later. See ya.